0: Well, good morning. Hello. Hey, how are you all? Is this thing on? Hey. Hey. Good morning. Welcome to Crown Point Church. We're really glad you're here. My name is Jeremy. I'm the youth pastor here at Crown Point, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet. Um, if you haven't noticed yet, this is a student takeover Sunday, so students are, are doing everything, and, and I'm really proud of these guys. We have the best group of students in the world. Do you agree? Okay. And not only that, to help me have the best students in the world, I have to have the best leaders in the world, the best adult leaders. If you're one of my adult leaders, would you just stand wherever you're at? We have some back in the media room, some back here in the sound, scattered around here. Man, listen, the greatest leaders, the greatest people in the world are right here serving in our student ministry, and so um, we couldn't do what we do without our leaders, so thank them. I thank them so much. Um, I'm excited for today. Um, it's already been great. I, I love what our students do. I love our worship. Um, man, I'm just, uh, well, uh, hopefully I'm just able to, to just challenge you a little bit uh, in, in what, uh, what I believe I should share with you today. So has anybody ever asked you the question? Maybe you've come up on someone and you've got into a topic or a, or a subject or a situation and someone replies back to you, who do you think you are? Has anybody ever said, done that to you? You, you, you? You're talking to someone and you're just like, who do you think you are? You know what I'm saying? Like, who do you think you are? And that, that question, it's so identity shaping of who we are. It's, it's life altering. It's eternity affecting. How would, you, how would you describe yourself if someone came to, came to you and said, who, who are you? Who do you think you are? How would you describe yourself? How do you perceive yourself? What is your identity? Um, who do you think you are? And, and how would you answer that question? Because it's an important question. It's a very important question. It's the one thing that changes everything. Because when you know who you are, then you know what to do. You know what to do. And if you don't know who you are, then you don't know what to do. And, and like, how would you answer the question or the, the statement, I am blank? What would you put in that blank? What would you put in that spot? I am blank. Uh, maybe you can say, I am rich, or I am poor, or I'm young, or I am old. Um, I'm old. Maybe you can say, I'm not smart, or you can maybe say, I am loved. Or maybe you say, I'm hated, or I'm single, I'm married, I'm desirable, I'm undesirable, I'm good. Maybe you say, I'm a failure. Maybe you say, I have hope. Maybe you say, I'm hopeless. Who do you think you are? How do you see yourself? How does your identity alter and affect your destiny? And so we're going to spend a short time this morning uh, answering that question, and it's a question that we have to ask ourselves. It's a question that we ask ourselves often, and, and sometimes consciously, sometimes less consciously, and it's just a two-word statement. I am. I am. It's actually um, our theme at Emerge in our student ministry all year long uh, is, is that statement, I am. And it's it's all about your identity, and who you are, and who you are in Christ, and the person you are, and the person God created you to be. It's our theme. So, and so sometimes other people answer that question for us, right? You have that people like, who do you think you are? Let me tell you who you are. And they're like waving their finger in your face and stuff, and they spit when they talk usually, and it's not good. But here's the deal. Sometimes some people answer it for us, and a lot of times it starts when we're little. i um, having you guys in here in this room. You're the firstborn, like, yeah, you guys are usually the smarty pants, like the the dominant ones. You guys are usually uh, the greatest dictators um, of the family. Um, yeah, firstborn. How many in here? You're the baby of the family. That's me. I'm the baby. Yeah, give it up for the babies. Um, who's who? Who's the middle children? Middle people? And like nobody cares. So you're all right. No. You are important. Sorry. Um, Maybe you're the firstborn or maybe you're the the lastborn or maybe you're the youngest or the oldest. You're the middle child. Um, What were you like? Were you you the funny kid? Were you the clever kid? Were you the chubby kid? Were you the athletic kid? Um, Were you the artsy kid? Were you the nerdy kid? Who were you? I, I am the youngest of six in my family. My oldest sister was here visiting last week, and my dad used to call her, and, and my dad was a pastor, so this is kind of a pastor's joke, I guess, you may not get it, um, but he called her the Alpha, and I'm the Omega, the beginning and the end, so um, yeah, I, I got called the end. So what names do people give you? What kind of identity do people give you? What, what nicknames do you have? Have people have given you, um, like did your parents nickname you or did your friends have a nickname for you, maybe in, in school or in college or maybe even now at work? Um, how, how did they see, see you? And subsequently, how do you see yourself? Here's what I want you to do. Lean over to the person next to you and I want you to tell, you, tell them what your nickname is or what it was. Ready, go. All right. Now that you've told each other your nicknames, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look each other in the eye and say, that's weird. Because <laughs> usually your nicknames are weird, right? You got a weird nicknames a lot of times. And so here's the deal. We hit our teen years. Anybody miss those teen years adults out here? <laughs> no hands go up. A few of us. Okay. Sorry, guys. Um, like we hit our teen years and the question becomes incredibly complicated of who are we, who we are. You hit junior high and you have no idea who you are. And then all of a sudden you're in a new school and you have new relationships and you have new responsibilities and new authority, authoritarian people in your life. And and they're trying to tell you who you are or who you should be. They're trying to tell you who all these kinds of things. And all of a sudden like, when you hit junior high, clothes become more important than ever, and like hair care, and hair products, and how we appear, and how we smell. Thank you, Lord. And yeah, I love junior high kids, but I love them more when they wear deodorant, and, and like, and they ask themselves questions, like, am I succeeding, or am I failing? Am I part of the crowd, or am I on the outside looking in? And we go through our teen years and we try to decide, who am I? We try to figure out who our identity is and who we are. And, and your identity, usually in that stage in life, it's in total crisis. You don't know who you are from one day to the next. And it's a mess. Um, I, I wasn't raised really around girls um, in my home, uh, young girls. And um, I have a daughter, um, Evie. She's seven and girls are crazy. Don't tell her I said this. but uh, and, and obviously, I'm, I'm married to a girl. That's good. Um, but I've never, little ones, and like one minute, she's crying. Nobody likes me. Next minute, she's like, yeah, I took a fight. You know, and like, what is this? This is so weird. Girls are so weird. And I don't get it. And we're just so trying to figure out who we are. We're trying to figure out who we are, and it's all about our identity. And once we identify our identity in Christ, we begin to discover who we really are. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you a different question. Let's turn it a little bit, and who does God say that we are? Here's what we see. If you've got your Bibles, go to the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. And Genesis means this. Genesis Genesis means beginnings. It's the first book of the Bible, so it's beginnings, right? It's the beginning. And, And there we find the beginning of everything, except for God, of course, because he's the creator of all things. And we find the beginning of our identity right here. And it's in Genesis 1, 26 to 28. And here's what the Bible says. Then God said, let us make man, and that includes men and women, in our image, after our likeness, And I want you to see that this identity language, um, who are you? And God says, I've made you in my likeness. That's our identity. That's our identity. And that's kind of the identity statement. And then it goes on to say, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds and the heaven and over the livestock and over all the earth, earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And I love this next line. And God, what, what did he do? He blessed them. He blessed them. Who does God say you are? Here's the good news. You don't have to determine or decide what your identity is because God has already chosen it. He's already told you. He's already chosen to reveal it to us. God has, in his kindness, Chosen to speak to us. We need God to tell us who he, who he is and we also, we need to God to tell us who we are. We need to know both, who God is and who you are. And the great thing about the Bible, about the scriptures is that it provides both of those answers. It provides both of those things. And here's, it, it tells us who God is and it tells us who we are. And God speaks to us primarily and firstly and most authoritative. authoritative authoritatively, that's what I'm trying to say, through the scriptures. And so I need to stress to you the importance of the word of God, the importance of the scriptures. Have the word of God in you. Amen. And because God wants to speak to you through his word and he wants to hear from you through prayer. There's a couple ways that God speaks to us. One, of us is, one way is through prayer, but he also can speak to us directly through his word through his scriptures. And if you, uh, I say this to our students all the time, how can you know what God says if you don't know what, what his words say? It's, it's tough. And so God said that we are made in his image and in his, his likeness, in the image. Uh, think of, uh, about the images in your life. Think about those every morning. Most of us, I would guess, get up and look in the mirror, right? Some of us don't like what we see. Some of us do like what we see, and that what that mirror doing, it's it's reflecting back our image. It's reflecting back who we are, our likeness. It's showing us and it's revealing to us who we are. And what God says is that through the Spirit, He wants his attributes to be visible on the earth. And he wants creation to know something about him. And, And so God has created us in his likeness, in his image as his mirrors, and we're made to mirror. And so God is loving, we should love. When we love, when we reflect his love to others, God is truthful. When we tell the truth, we reflect his truthfulness to others. God is forgiving. When we choose to forgive others, God is reflecting his grace and his mercy to others. God is generous, and when we are generous, We're reflecting his generosity to others. And so our life is to be one of mirroring. It's mirroring. We're supposed to be like Christ. And it begins with, uh, it doesn't begin with us. It begins with God. And the goal is here is, is not for the world to know us, but for the world to know him. That's our goal. It's not all about me. It's not about me. I'm a nobody Our goal is to know him and to let others know who he is through us. We are not objects, he is. We're to reflect, to mirror, we are to show, to echo something of God's attributes to the world. So what that means then is this, the glory goes to God. Oh, that was so very loving of you. That was so kind of you. Thank you. I loved you with God's love. Oh, that was so generous of you. Thank you for doing that. I gave you what God gave me. That was so thoughtful of you. Thank you. God is the one who tells the truth and I am so happy to serve him. What that allows us to have, church, is is this courageous humility. To be bold, to be generous, to be loving, to be truthful and not asking, what does this make me look like? but how does this rightly or wrongly reflect god do you see the difference and so many of our identities decisions are about well how will this make me look how does this make me look and and that's the wrong question the question is how could they see god through this how could they see god through this situation and that's the right question how could i reflect how could i image how could i mirror God in this moment. We're not God, thank God, but we are a mirror that reflects God. We reflect Christ. And that's why Jesus is called the image of the invisible God. And that's why Jesus said, If you've seen me, you've seen who? The Father, God. And what's he saying? He's saying that he is the perfect mirror. He's the perfect mirror. He's the sinless mirror. Everything that could be seen about God's character is made visible on the earth through the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He's the image of the invisible God. Um, If we've seen him, we've seen the Father. And that's what he says, and in fact, that's what he dies, and, and he dies because he keeps making that claim. He keeps saying that. And he rises from the de- death to show us the love of God and the justice of God and the forgiveness of God. And he continues to mirror and to reflect, to image, to show what the Father is like to the world that he's made. We're blessed to bless. We are so blessed to bless. And, and what it says, that last line, what, what was it I had you guys say? That last line of that scripture? Does anybody remember? He blessed them. God blessed them. He blessed them and they they didn't earn their blessing. In fact, it wouldn't be grace if it was earned. God blessed them. You're blessed to bless. God is going to bless Adam and Eve so they can be a blessing to the world and and we are blessed to bless. And so whatever God teaches you is, is so you might teach others. Whatever God gives you is so you might give to others. Whatever God does for you is so that you could learn to do that for others. Two things I wanna say. If you got your notes, write this down. Two things. Number one is, is this. Your identity is received, it's not achieved. Your identity is received, it's not achieved. Adam and Eve didn't do anything to obtain this identity. They didn't do anything. God made them, He spoke to them, He defined them, and God blessed them. It's all God. It's all God. Your identity is not achieved, it's received. It's something that He's given to us. It's not something you do, it's something that God does. It's not what you earn, it's what He gives. And I want you to see that this morning and the importance of that. Because you know what that does it frees you up from the performance trap. It frees you up from the competitive trap. It frees you up from bitterness. It frees you up from the jealousy and the coveting that marks our world. It lets you be who God made you to be and rejoice in who God made them to be. And together, seeking to mirror and image him because it's not about us, it's about him. Number two, second thing. You are not more valuable than anyone else and you are not less valuable than anyone else. That's pretty cool. All people equally bear, all people, everyone. Look at the person next to you and say, that's you. All people equally bear the image and the likeness of God. Male and female, young and old black and white, rich and poor, first world, third world, born and unborn, healthy and sick, we all bear the same image and same likeness of God. One of the great lies is that some people are are more vulnerable than others. And let me say this, that your net worth has nothing to do with your self-worth. Your net worth has nothing to do with your self-worth. We equally bear the image and likeness of God profound implications for not only how we see God, but how others, how, but how, others um, how we see others and how others see us. Next question, who does the enemy say you are? Who does Satan say you are? He's called the father of what? The father of lies. And you see, the power in a lie is this. It doesn't need to be true to destroy you. They don't need to be true to destroy you. If I told you right now, Josh, right here on the front row, we're good friends, right? You're a complete loser. I can't stand you. You look funny in that hat. Yeah, okay. It's not true. None of that's true. I I love Josh. He's a good friend of mine. Hopefully anybody took that word. It's not true. But here's the deal. If you believe what people say about you, it will change your entire life. It'll change everything about you. If Josh stood here and believed what I just said about him, I don't think we'd be friends very long. He might come up here and tackle me or something. But if you believe what others say about you, it will change your entire life. The way a lie works is that its power is ultimately contingent upon whether or not you believe it. And that's what Jesus says elsewhere. He says, they will know the truth and the truth will what? set them free. But know this. Just as Satan, just as the enemy, he came to Adam and Eve, he's going to come to you and he's going to tempt you. And whatever destruction he has intended for your life, it will begin to with him trying to erode your confidence in what the word of God is and what the word of God says. He will try to erode your confidence in what God says about you. And here's what he says, Genesis 3 verse 5. <clears throat> It says, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be what? You'll be like God. You'll be like God. And there's the identity statement. That's the enemy. That's, that's Satan speaking. That's the identity statement right there. And what did God just say not long ago in Genesis one? He said, let's make them in our image. And what was that word? In our likeness. And Satan comes along and he says, well, here's a way for you to be like God. And God says, hold up. I've already made you like me. Adam should have opened his mouth. <laughs> what a loser. Um He should have opened his mouth. He should have said something. He should have said, hey, well, hold up. God just made us just not long ago in his likeness. And our identity is received from God. It's not achieved by us. It's not about who we are, but God has already blessed. And now we need to trust that. Did you see it? It's kind of amazing. And and Satan, what he's going to do, he's going to come to you and he's going to lie to you, and he's going to lie to you, and he's going to lie to you, and he's going to tell you that in some regard, in some way, your identity can be achieved by you, not received from God. And I tell you these things because I love you. I love you. You guys are great. You guys are awesome. You're so cool. Do you believe it? <laughs> no, I, we tell you these things because we care. And I know it like in my own life and in my family and in our church family, the people who do the most damage to themselves, it's sometimes often rooted in a false understanding of their identity. And it's because somewhere the enemy has come to them and he's whispered to them and he's told them that they are somewhere, someone that they're not. And the result is this: then they accept that lie for their identity, and then they live out that lie in the light of their own destruction. Uh, Nick, could I have you come up and play? This make me sound way more holy and spiritual. All right. Anybody like dodgeball? Anybody? Just kidding. Um, I got this ball. And, and earlier, <clears throat> towards the beginning, I talked about how we are to mirror Christ and how we're to be in an image and we're to, supposed to be in his likeness. And, and what Jesus does, that's what I do. That's what I reflect. How Jesus walks, that's how I walk. What Jesus says, that's what I say. The way Jesus loved, that's how I love. The way Jesus acted, that's how I act. But so many times... We're not living for Christ. So many times we're not living him. We're not following him. Or, or we've believed that lie too long. That we're nobody. That we're worthless. We aren't living for Christ. And, and so what Jesus is doing. He, he's the what? He's the light of the world. So what he's doing. He's trying to come and reflect off of us. And that's not much of a reflection there. And this is us by the way. He's coming. And there, there's not much of a reflection going on here. And he, and he said, we're not very effective in who we are in Christ because we've started to believe that lie of what the enemy says we are. We've believed it for far too long. And so our reflection has become covered. We don't put off a good reflection of what Christ is. We start believing that lie in Christ. He's the light of the world. And he comes in and he tries to reflect himself off of us onto the world and and we're supposed to reflect reflect and it's not happening. It's not working because we've chosen to believe the lie of what the enemy says. But if we are living how we should be, if we are following the words that Christ says, if we do believe who he says who we are and that identity is rooted in him, if we believe that, all of a sudden he comes in I don't even need this, but he comes in and he shines this and it shines all around, shines all around the whole place. And this is who we are in Christ. We're supposed to be a mirror and God comes in and he shines his light on us and it's a mirror and that image reflects off of us and it goes out. It goes out and we tell other people and we're showing other people, this is how I love. I love this way because this is how God loves. I care, this way because this is how God cares I give this way because this is how God gives and it's so it's so important that we learn today who we are in our relationship with Christ who I am our media, our friends, the world it tells us this is what we should be and this is how we should act and this is what you should do and so we try to fill our lives with this empty stuff And Jesus is saying, hello, I'm over here. I've already showed you. I've already told you who you are. And the enemy says, he comes to you and he says, you're worthless, you're a failure, you're a sinner, you're destined for death, you're ugly, you're sick, you're poor, you're messed up, you're no good, you're unloved, you're awful, you're too young, you're too old, you're not smart enough. But here's the best part. Here's the cool part. This is the part that I really love. When Christ is in your life, you can say, I am. You can say, I am a child of God. You can say, I am forgiven. I am saved by grace. I am accepted. I am healed. I am a new creation. I am free. I am set free. I am destined for life, not death. I am beautifully and wonderfully made. I am complete in Christ. I am loved by the creator of all things. I am chosen. I'm holy. I'm saved. I am. Let me ask you this. Who are you in Christ? Who are you in Christ? Imagine what this church would look like. Imagine what this body of believers, this family would look like if we actually believed What God says about us. If we actually believed what the scriptures say about us. Imagine what this church would look like. Imagine if we put into practice who Christ says we are. I'm more than a champion, I'm a conqueror. By his stripes, I'm healed. I can do all things through Christ. I don't know. What is it for you? What is your I am statement? I want to challenge you to put into practice who God says that we are. This place would change. This town would change. This community would change. This world would change if we started believing who God said we were. And we started putting that into action, who he said we were. Thing I love about youth ministry is that these kids are crazy. That's the first thing. Um, and, and they're so much fun and they have so much energy and, and, and we're learning together, we're growing together and we're shaping who we are and our relationship with Christ. Any anybody ever, my favorite thing, one of my favorite things is college football. Love college football. Anybody ever been to a college football game? Sooner, buddy. Um, one of the best things at a college football game and probably other sporting events too. When the wave starts, you know what I'm talking about? When the wave starts, the excitement starts, the energy starts, all that cool stuff. Where does it start out? In the student section, right? You guys are boring. I like these guys. They're way more fun. The wave starts in the student section and I'm telling you guys this morning, we have the best group of students, they have a heart for God. They have a passion for him. They have a desire to know who he is and, and, and what he's doing in their lives. And God's moving. God's doing some great things at Emerge Youth Church. The wave starts in the student section. Be watching out for cool things that God's doing in, in, our, in our student ministry. I wanna challenge you guys real quick. One thing you can do to help our younger generation discover their identity in Christ is to basically listen to them. Listen to them. They'll tell you. What's your favorite thing to talk about? Yourself. Start a conversation. Listen to them. Take them seriously today, not just some distant future leadership position. There are things that we can learn from our younger generation so much more than just help me figure out my computer or my phone. There's so many more things that we can learn and an effective ministry to this younger generation means helping these young believers discover their own mission in the world, not merely just asking them to wait their turn. I wanna wrap, wrap up our service like this today. Today we talked about how we're made in the image of God and in Genesis 1, 27, um, but uh, that, that's where we talked about, um, but through our sin. Romans five ten it says we became the enemies of God and today if you're if you're here you've got sin in your life you're living in sin or or maybe if you're here this morning and and you haven't you've never trusted Christ as your savior you're loved by God you're made by God but your sin has separated you from God I want to lead you in a prayer um uh Everyone's heads bowed, everybody's eyes closed, please. No looking around and, and here's what I want you to do. We're gonna say this prayer out loud together, everyone. And the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's today. You need to accept Christ in your life. If that's you in this room, that you say, you're sitting in your seat and you're saying, that's me, I need Christ Maybe I've never accepted him or maybe I'm really far away from him. And today you say, that's me. I need him in my life. Would you just raise a hand? Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? Just put a hand up real quick and then you can put it right back down. Thank you. Is there anyone else? I wanna lead you in prayer this morning. For everyone who, who wants to ask Jesus into your heart, or maybe you need to let Jesus back into your heart, this is your opportunity. And I want everyone in this room to repeat this prayer after me, and, and this is gonna be your moment. This is gonna be your statement. This is gonna be your I am moment. Maybe at the end of this you could say, I am saved. I am loved. I'm accepted. This is gonna be your moment. Here's what I want. everybody repeat after me and say, Heavenly Father. You can do better than that. Say, Heavenly Father, I give you my life. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe he lived a sinless life. I believe he died a sinner's death. And my sin was on him. I believe Jesus rose from the dead. And on the third day, and I believe I, as I confess my sin, that you will forgive my sin. I turn for myself. Jesus, I look to you. Save me, heal me, cleanse me, make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's celebrate those few who lifted their hands this morning. Man, our God is so good. Our God is so good. Thank you for being here today. I want to challenge you one last thing. As you go out the doors today, each out each side of one of these doors, there's a small table set up. And, and I want to give you the opportunity yourself to make your own I am declaration, your own I am statement, whatever it is, whatever that is, um, it, whatever that is in your relationship with Christ. And on that table, there's a board and there's some markers and as you exit the room today, just please stop by, just take a moment. And on the top it says, I am. And I want you to write your one word, maybe it's more than one word, but your statement of who you are in Christ. Man, we love you today. Thank you for being here at Crown Point Church. Um, I'm gonna pray. And then I think we have a closing announcement. And then please hit those, those tables uh, right as you exit today. Heavenly Father, I love you so much. God, I thank you for helping us know who we are. I thank you for showing us.